I want to read some verses from the uh, ninth chapter of Jeremiah. By the way, I have just been going through the book of Jeremiah looking for texts. If you preacher boys want some texts, it'll put red blood in you. Uh, get them out of the book of Jeremiah. I'm telling you right now that this country needs about 25 of them scattered around, willing to take it on the chin, face the foe, expose our chest to the bullets. We've got too much anemic preaching in America. There's very little of the old-time, red-blooded Puritan preaching in this country. That's what's the matter with America. You take most of the advantages of this country. Now, I'm not jumping on anybody. I'm friendly to them. But we've come to bad days if a fellow can't speak his convictions in a matter like this without folks saying he's jumping on somebody. You take when I was a boy, the South was filled with red-blooded preachers and the North had them. Sam Jones, George Stewart, John B. Culpepper, Bishop Galloway. The great preachers over this country. What's his name? The great Baptist preacher in New Orleans. Great Presbyterian preacher now there, Dr. Palmer. This country was filled with red-blooded, crusading preachers. And they shook this country. The North had them. You take the evangelists in those old days. Now, don't ever get the idea that Moody didn't have red blood in him. He was a practical sort of preacher. One of the most courageous men that ever faced an audience. Did you know there isn't any place in the world where it takes more courage to stand up and do a job than in the pulpit? I've been with preachers in this country. They say to me, well, I can't say so-and-so. I'll lose my job. Well, John the Baptist lost his head. <laughs> and the early crusaders uh, went through the fiery furnaces and were fed to lions. And when you take a red-blooded Preaching crusade in this country, people begin to say, well, you know, that's extreme, that's eccentric. He's attacking everybody. They want to let the thing go along as it is. And this nation needs uh, some Jeremiah's and John the Baptist. I think about the preachers I knew. Listen, when I began my evangelistic work, it was at the height of the wave that swept over this country a few years ago. These evangelists were crusaders. They went into town and stood up there for about 10 days and threw dynamite all over town. And I've been in a many a town in the early days when if I'd have died the first week, there wouldn't have been enough people to bury me decently. I've walked the streets of towns in the south in those crusading days uh, when people looked down with contempt on me, but they couldn't help coming. They'd be back there. And then after you kept pouring into them, the thing would blow up. Most of the evangelistic movement in this country today is anemic. It's not red-blooded, most of it. It's a sort of a glamour boy, a colorless sort of a movement. Now, I don't mean the fellow's going out here and not use his head. But we need old-time conviction. That's what's the matter with We've lost the old-time conviction. You can't get real conviction today and stand up for something without people thinking you're a fanatic. You've gone crazy. You know, when uh, Jesus was here, they thought he was crazy. When Paul stood up and preached, they said, much learning, he's, he's mad, he's bugs, he has bats in his belfry. The man's crazy. And when those early preachers back there, we read about the New Testament, when they came around, they said, who's coming? They said, the fellows that turned the earth upside down are coming. They ruined a the town over here. 
Why well, I don't care where they held that meeting, you know, what they did, why the, 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 the goddess, what's the name of that? Why she lost all her jewels. Came out and burned the books over there, wrecked the library. Not wrecked any libraries in this country. All this modern evangelistic campaign we're having is not making one single bloody blow to the whiskey business. You can go up down this country today and find wherever you go today, they're drinking as much liquor after the revival they were before. Now, uh, I don't mean the fellows that get converted. Now, the only difference you see in, after the meeting was that the fellow was converted, he quits drinking. He stayed away from the cocktail parties. But as far as the impact of the campaigns in America, listen, this country today has become a cuddly sort of a set-up religious. We need some old Jeremiah's. Willing to drop in a pit and stay there. Let folks cuss him. I was telling some of my friends a day or two ago about a friend, a relative of mine. One time we were talking about a fellow who's married to a wife, and she's as mean as a dog. And you know, uh, the meanest thing outside of hell is a mean woman. She's the best thing outside of heaven when she's good. But no man can be as mean as a mean woman. You get a mean woman and you just got the meanest thing ever was in captivity. <laughs> I saw a friend of mine reach and I said, sorry, honey, what to do? I met his wife and I knew she was mean. It was written all over her face and, and somebody told me about it. I saw her if I'm a good old fellow. And the man said to me, he's lived in hell all his life. And so this fella I'm talking about, I knew years ago, married this woman, and she's mean to him and made life so hard he couldn't live. And I was talking to a brother of mine. He said, Bob, I wouldn't stand it. Well, I said, Tom, they tell me that everybody knows what to do with a kicking horse except the fella has a kicking horse. I said, what did you do? He said, Bob, I don't know what I'd do, but I'd sure do something. I thought of many a time. I don't know what I'd do, but I'd do something. We need to do something in this country. We're in one grand mess. This nation is debauched, corrupt, all over America, everything you hear about. Corruption. High places, low places. Twisted, selfish, political machine crooks. We're in a mess. Why, we're blowing soap bubbles on Sunday morning over the heads of cocktail-drinking official churchmen. Stand up by so sweet and lovely. Everything's perfectly, graciously, gloriously grand. Instead of standing up there and tell them, if you don't repent, you're going to hell, we stand up there and say, if you don't repent in a sense and be converted in a measure, you might get in trouble to some extent. <laughs> What this nation needs us, what this nation needs today is a mighty, dynamic, uncompromising preaching crusade. We need conviction. I've told you students in the past, in the old days, we said, that's right, that's wrong. This is black, that's white. We didn't wonder about it. that's white, that's black. Now it's a dull gray. 
not so bad. Times have changed. Things are not like they used to be. They are not like they used to be. And, and let me tell you something. Now, I'm talking about all of us preachers. We've got some preachers out here. Any you preachers listening on this program on the radio? If I'm jumping on you, I'm jumping on my own crowd out here. Jumping on all of us. Listen. Before World War I, uh, this country had a mighty sweeping crusade. We went up and down this country preaching. The mighty evangelistic wave swept over America. I was president of the Association of Evangelists. We went on Lake Indiana and we had a thousand preachers in that association. Every one of them was a crusade. There wasn't a soft soaping man in the group. And when preachers invited you for a campaign, they wanted something done. They said, liquor's damning our town. Our churches are backslidden. Our official board members are not right. We want a revival. They went in and set siege to a city. And they were great days. And then World War I came on and they had got overseas. We prayed. This nation got closer to God during World War I for a little while than probably ever has in its history. People were praying everywhere, revivals. We were down in Mobile, Alabama on a great campaign. Dr. Ms. Lauren Jones was with us. Had a campaign down there. We set seats to that city in World War I. Great tabernacle out in Government Street. Billy Sonny's up in New York and Chicago. And up and down this country they fought through. And World War I was over and the religious bosses and the uh, modernistic conspirators that were trying to choke the spirituality out of the church took it over. Going to build a great new world. No more war. No more trouble. Going to have a new beautiful world. Nothing the matter with man. Just got trapped. Had a little philosophy over in Germany. Uh, said the fit survives, the unfit dies. We are fit. Let's kill the unfits and go on about our business. Theory of evolution. Dominate the thought of the world. That was the situation we faced. I was invited up to the Methodist Center at Columbus, Ohio, where we have as many as 2,000 preachers every night on the Bishop James Cannon, who was chairman of the committee, had me there. Bishop James Cannon was one of the most slandered, most persecuted men, and most lied about man in America. He was a gentleman. He was a Christian. He was a crusader. He believed in the essential fundamentals of Christianity. He was in Princeton in the old days. And up there in Princeton in the old days, and Bishop Cannon believed the vicarious brother atonement. He was sound on the fundamentals of the faith. And they lied about him and slandered him and persecuted him and fought him all over this nation. He got about in Columbus and said, we ought to have some evangelism here. Methodist Church was born in revival. Ought to have revival. Get people saved. And I went up there. They asked me up there. I had pretty good standing. I went up there and preached to them. We'd have a mourner's bench full up that night of sinners. I saw Bishop Cannon and some other bishops and some other leaders with their arms around them praying for them and crying over I saw one modernistic preacher sit out near the tent and smoke a cigar while we prayed over sinners. Here's a big boy in the machine. I see him now puffing a cigar. He wasn't as big as he was because he was a big man. But it was a good-sized cigar. For what I was preaching, called it, he's out there. And all we heard there aside from that tent crusade 
and getting folks say, we're going to build a new world. No more trouble. Put on $35 million drive. Beth is crusade. Now, I'm not talking about the brother. I'm not saying they weren't honest. I'm just saying they were crazy, that's all. They just didn't look at it right. And the Baptists had their $100 million drive. They had a great campaign on $100 million. Beat the Methodists all to pieces. Going to show these Methodist boys something. We'll build a new world. One Baptist preacher said, we'll finish the steam. You Methodists finish the fire. We'll have the water and you the fire and we'll get some steam. Got to have heat and water to get steam. So they all laughed, had a one time, going to fix it, you know. Presbyterians came along. They're going to do something. Always like the Presbyterians. They've been about the most generous people in the country. When I was a boy, if you asked a Presbyterian to pray in public, he'd give you $10 to excuse him. If you ask a Methodist for ten dollars, now his boy, he'd say, "Let's pray." <laughs> Presbyterian gonna fix the thing, gonna fix the world. All of us gonna, all of us together, gonna federate. Why we're talking about federation? They've been building their own machinery they never built before. The youth movement came on. Young people wanted something. They, they were hungry. You know, you can't get along without God. Heart cries out for God. These poor, miserable, unhappy young people in the world. So unhappy. My heart goes out to them. I saw the other day where an evangelist working under a certain great ecclesiastical machine said, He didn't do any of the hellfire preaching. Well, they're in hell order. It's younger generation. They're in the fires of hell on earth now. Get married and divorce mill grinds, disgrace, dishonor behind presses, all that kind of business. What a world we're facing. And you got this movement on in the world today? What is it? They mean well, but they need some red blood in it. This country needs about 50 Jonathan Edwards. I'd like to be a, please ask a boss long enough to appoint him where I want him. Well, I'd put one of them right here in South Carolina, maybe two. South Carolina could use two or three of them. I'd scatter them around over this country. I don't know a state that couldn't use some of them. We need somebody with a courage and conviction and red blood of Jonathan Edwards with all of his background of culture. Take this country by the nap of the neck and seat of the britches and shake it over hell. God knows we're enemies. Everywhere I go, I look and face a young people. I'm in high school in Illinois recently. There they are, poor, sweet, neglected, forgotten young people. This young generation's been sinned against. We've been uh, minimizing sin. Humanizing God and deifying man. And we're in a mess. 
And it doesn't seem to be getting any better. All the revivals, all the meetings, all that's happening. Building more machines. Some of them are going to be saved and go to heaven. But the impact on this world doesn't amount to hell you can go anywhere in this nation where they've had a revival. They get as many divorces in Hollywood as they do anywhere else. Los Angeles has been having a campaign out there every year for about 10 years. Committee, haven't they? Keep getting divorces in Los Angeles and Hollywood. Some of those actors out there in Hollywood talking about lovely Christian people. Then next week you see them in a picture on the page of a paper somewhere uh, in a man's arms, half naked. Come and call me Christian. We've got no standards in this country. And when you set up decent standards, like we set up them on this campus, and say no smoking room for girls, girls must be modest, men must be honorable, we must have standards, they say we are crazy! They are crazy! Listen, you come to bad days when you can't. There isn't a standard on Bob Jones University campus. There isn't a decent thing. They're in order. All these rules and regulations worked out by students and family. And there isn't one of them that isn't essential what's going on. Young people, this generation in which you live in is on its way out. It's on its way to hell. Don't kid yourself. Dying on battlefields. You know what's going to happen in this country if we don't have an old-time Holy Ghost revival? And a crusade of preaching against sin that will put moral backbone in this people. You know what's going to happen? They can't stand another depression in America. If a depression came with the present hothouse character in America, if we win a depression, there'd be anarchy today. They can't stand it. Why, you take the last depression we had back then. I remember mean, that depression came on. It's what we were up against. That depression hit us in America. I never shall forget it. Why, right down here in the old conservative south, you hear fellas say, well, we just go shoot some. But they managed to weather through that storm. But you just give them a little longer. The stage is being set for anarchy. And the only thing on God Almighty's earth that can drive back the tide of anarchy and lawlessness and immorality and juvenile delinquency and damnation that's speaking America. The only thing that can drive it back is some of the old-time Holy Ghost revival fires. But get back and get some standards. Now listen, you young people on Bob Jones University campus, you cooperate with this administration in lifting up standards. If you're going to be preachers, you have conviction. You have no little nice tea party job. You got a real job. Well, I didn't read my text. I'll have to stop. See, I'm looking at it like my time's up. They hate time me loose here, and I get started because I usually run over. That's another thing we've reduced Simons in this country. I was a boy in the country. Used to go to country church. Sit on benches. Bare feet couldn't reach the floor. They had four or five preachers, they preached all of them. One fellow stands along, he could have his coat on, throw his coat off, sweat and fly over the house. He'd keep going. 
He just got started. That about the time he finished, Brother So-and-so would get up. It was a preaching marathon. We were afraid to go to bed. <laughs> I see the devil in every corner of the room. Talk about being hell scared. You better be hell scared than hell scorched. They scared the devil out of us. It's the only one today it is and shouldn't be afraid. It's the one that's right with God. If you're right with God, anarchy can't hurt you. Lions can't hurt you. Fires can't burn you. Water can't drown you. Death can't kill you. And if you are not right with God, God pity you in this age. Then everybody on Bob Jones University campus is right. You get right and get right quick. Somebody told me about a preacher's boy in this school. See, he'd had religion rammed down his throat all his life. Let me tell you something, bud. You need it rammed down your throat and a ramrod down your back. That's what you need. You know, some of these fellas, they need to get down to the mourner's bench and put a man with a paddle at one end of them, a fellow with a Bible and a prayer meeting at the other end of them. Preach a sermon on both ends if I had to. <laughs> I hope you're right. I sure would hate not to be right with God on the present conditions. Certainly it'd be in a mess. Not right, you better get right. Oh, Lord God, if there's anybody on Bob Jones University campus isn't right, help them to get right. Help them to get right. Anybody that came here been playing with sin, going along with the crowd, help them to come clean with you. They're not already surrendered. Bless the fathers and mothers that sent their children here. Bless our preacher boys and our missionary volunteers and all the students here. Help us to know that this is everybody's business. Life's not dividing the secular and the sacred, but all ground on which God people's people stands, holy ground. Help us to be faithful and keep this school true. Keep it true. They never wait. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.